and we're live. Okay, let's get a couple people in here. Always helps for me to retweet from my own account, which surprised to me when I first started trying to like create content and be in the sports industry and all that stuff. I remember I was excited to have 3,000 followers back in like 2018, 2019. Now I'm approaching 30,000 this year. It's a lot of random people. Maybe some porn bots, maybe some, uh, you know, you, you might singles, sing- <laughs> some singles wanted. No, whenever uh, they do one of those purges, I, I notice I lose like, you know, a couple hundred, you know, thousand, something like that. Yeah. And talking Nets, though, that's on the same grind, right? Yeah. We, talking I remember, I remember when we were doing like follow for follows, like when the Nets played the Timberwolves opening game, game of the season in 2019. Yeah, bro. Uh, I mean, came a long way, bro. I'm, I'm proud that Talking Nets is still here. When we started this in 2019, had really no idea what it was gonna be, and not much help. And still exists. It's still a thing. I was, um, was doing a podcast with my friend Dr. Murphy. Shout out to Dr. Murphy, who is uh, also friendly with Ryan Rucco. And Ryan Rucco was saying, you know, shout out to Keith and Talking Nets and Hudson, like what they've done you know building a brand like that for the last four years for Nets fans there's other ones that are around yes other ones that emerged but uh I feel like when we started doing that in 2019 it was like it was super quiet and now the Nets are talked about everywhere nationally and have a chance this year to potentially do something but all right. I mean, shout uh, out to the Yes Network, though. Yeah. They all came. They all guessed that on was, the show real I, early on. Yeah. I calmed Ryan down a little bit on the KD injury this morning, too. You <laughs> talked to Ryan today? We text all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Ruko. I mean, he's the man. He came on our show. We'll have to try and get him on again since Robin has a connect there, too. Um, and then obviously the Fordham connection with. We with did. A, I mean, we did a radio yeah. show together for. Right. Minute. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. We were. Uh, I'll tell you the behind the scenes stuff that that happened. It's all up on Robin's Wikipedia page. Yeah, we were um, Hollywood. First, we were early morning, but then we got we we were like noon to two, I think was the time slot. And when that happened, I thought I thought that was it. I thought everything else was gravy from that point on. Word. All right. Well, hit the music, Alex. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets talk talk. right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. Go go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 184. 184 episodes on the road to 200. Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, and Hudson Flynn joining you on this Monday afternoon. Coming off of another two wins, the Nets beat the Pelicans on Friday night. The Nets beat the Heat on Sunday night. But there is now one question, one cloud, and one storyline looming over your Brooklyn Nets after winning 18 out of their last 20 MVP candidate Kevin Durant is hurt again and we're going to get into it but how you doing Robin I'm doing well I you know I I'll save my whole grand uh soliloquy on this for a second but 
Mets fans got to calm down a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Just calm down. You know, don't don't be like Mets fans. Or Not Jets a calm fans. bunch. <laughs> don't do the don't do the rhyming with Mets and Jets because it's all like, oh, woe is me. A lot oh, of the same guys. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the same guys. Everything always happens to my team. It's it's not that bad. I don't know what did Rob Wave, Rob Wave say. Harpin broke too many times. Don't know what to believe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I I I I'm happy now that the news has come out that it's you know at least it's going to be at least two weeks, but people don't think it's going to be much longer than that. Robin was early on talking people off that ledge, even in our own group chat, telling us that it wasn't going to be too bad. So I'm 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 not overly worried, you know, and and I think. As a Nets fan, I feel like overly worried is kind of our state of being. So I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah, but there's a little worry. I have said for many episodes and years before this, pray for health. And in praying for health, it's not so that the team goes clean with no injuries. They're going to come. They're going to happen. It's, it's professional sports. It's the NBA. No team goes through a season without losing someone. Rarely ever if it's ever happened. But when you pray for health, you pray that the lack of health or an injury to a star player does not derail the whole season. Now, that's what happened last year. And uh, I know we have to talk about the Pelicans game. I know we have to talk about the Heat game, but they just seem insignificant now. Um, I guess we'll go around. Uh, thoughts from the Pelicans game. You know, the Pelicans were without Zion Williamson and without B.I. Brandon Ingram. And obviously CJ and Herb Jones and Alvarado and those guys, Valanchunas, like, you know, they, they stepped up in their little Mardi Gras jerseys and, and they played tough. But for me, I was just happy to see the Nets get back on the floor, on the road in somebody else's gym, take a win. Um, and it came down to the wire. Obviously, Kyrie came up clutch there. And then going into the next game against Miami on this little southern road trip, it came down to the wire again. You lose KD. And a lot of you overreacted about Royce O'Neal. And Royce O'Neal was there to bail Kyrie out. When Kyrie came across half court and chucked up that three from the logo, I was like, what the hell are you doing, bro? What the? <laughs> and then Royce bailed him out. And that's another win. They find ways to win. So I guess we'll quickly throw our thoughts out on the Pelicans game and then as well as the Heat game. Well, you know, look, those shots nowadays, I don't even know what to say. Are they even bad shots? I guess, you know, Kyrie was uh, thinking that might be the most space he'll get on that possession. I don't know. Or it was just trying to put a real dagger in there. Maybe could have gotten a better look, obviously. He didn't get but, doubled. I think I heard yeah. the commentator say he thought he was going to get doubled. He did not get doubled. Regardless, that's part of like, I think we talked about this on the last show, but the NBA, it's so difficult now because everybody can shoot from anywhere and any contact is a foul. So I'm glad they didn't call a foul on that final possession when Jimmy took it into the paint and Royce was vertical on that. You could argue his, his arms were coming across a little bit, but for the most part, he was vertical. I would say the moral of those two games should be why you feel better about this Kevin Durant injury. You know, we said before the Pelicans game, that's the kind of game this Nets team needs to win. Well, they didn't play their best. They didn't have their best effort. The Pelicans came, you know, with inspired effort with their stars out. You know, you can catch the, the, the Nets sleeping a little bit and they responded and won that game. The heat game. Uh, KD goes down. He's he's out for the game. They're down nine points in the fourth quarter. They come back and win that game. So if you think the season is going to hell because Kevin Durant's hurt, then you don't really believe in the team, right? Like, I mean, uh, KD, they, they absolutely need KD. We all know that. But he tends to get hurt or suffer an injury every year. 
when it comes to timing and severity, this isn't that bad. I mean, they say two weeks reevaluated. So I'm guessing that's a two to four week timetable, less severe than last year. He tried to play through the injury. And I think this team is better equipped to withstand it for a stretch because Kyrie's not gone half the time. You know, he's there because they, they've uh, upgraded the personnel. It's time for Ben Simmons to step up. You know, Royce O'Neal is somebody who wasn't there before. TJ Warren will get more tick, more burn, a chance to get his rhythm going. Nick Claxton is a different player than he was a year ago. You keep going on and on and on. Jacques Vaughn, Jacques Vaughn is here, Jacques not Vaughn's Steve the coach. Nash. They're, they're, the team won't be quarantined with COVID. So, like, I, I don't want to. James cry. Harden sucked last year. He sold. He quit on a team. <laughs> I don't want to cry about last year. Like, do we believe in the team or not? Because if we believe in the team, two weeks without Kevin Durant is no big deal. And that's the whole thing of, of, of us running it back with Kevin Durant, right? That's why he put in the trade request. And I feel like I've talked about this on every episode. He put in the trade request because he didn't feel like he wanted to be in a situation where if he goes down, you know, all of Brooklyn's on fire now. The, the team's going to collapse. You can't do anything. And that's part of the reason why you have Jacques Vaughn as a head coach now. And we're going to get to uh, Fred Van Fleet's comments uh, in that interview a little bit later. But one of the things he talks about is about being a team and being a team that is, you know, constituent parts that make up a whole. And that's what the Nets have to be. And I think that's what the Nets are. And you see them all pulling in the same direction. After that Royce O'Neal game winner, you see, you know, Yuda's running up and down the court. You know, he's excited. He always brings the energy. The whole team seems to be pulling in the same direction. And that's what good teams have to do when their stars go out. When when the stars go out, you got to play well. And you got to keep winning because that's what makes a team a championship contender aside from, you know, it's it's like being in the Hall of Fame versus being in the Hall of Very Good. And for the Nets this season, we're, we're, we're shooting to be that Hall of Fame level team. And if we can't handle KD going down, then I don't think we'll be able to handle the rigors of the playoffs. So I think this is not a good thing to happen, but I think it's a good test. Yeah, see, it's hard to get on the pod and go back to talking about Friday night's game and the Nets only missing one free throw. Like, no one cares now. It's like, okay, the win is logged. It's, it's, it's in the past. It's in the record books. Now we got to talk about what's going to happen moving forward. And there's a, a weird um, deja vu here. Uh, so I put in my notes, and everybody's been on it, from Evan Roberts to the glue guys. Uh, someone else put it put it out there as well. But uh, basically where we were last year when KD went down. And uh, also the way the injury happened, bro. I swear. Like, KD doesn't get hurt unless somebody falls on him. Last mm -hmm. year, I think it was Herb Jones bulldozed Bruce Brown. He looked like Jazzy Jeff when he gets thrown out of the Fresh Prince's house by Uncle Phil, like all the way can't control his body. And then legs like, too long, feet too big. <laughs> hits KD <laughs> and KD Shoes goes even bigger. down. Last night was not the same amount of impact, at least. But when Jimmy Butler goes up and then comes down on KD, I'm like, here we go again. Uh, skinny legs. I know he does do his, you know, lifting and his leg day. Uh, we found out about that when um, the St. Brown's uh, dad, who was like Mr. Olympia, was on Hard Knocks. And he said, when's the last time KD did some calf races? <laughs> and KD came out and said yesterday. But it's one of those things. You could pray for health, but it's basketball. These are grown men. They're physical. They're running. They're jumping. They're falling. And KD goes down again. But they said his spirits were high yesterday. And I do not expect the Nets, who have a similar record, right? Last year, they were 27 and 15. Now they're 27 and 13. 
Number two in the East last year, number two in the East now. I do not expect them to go on a free fall. And like Hudson said, that was in KD's mind. All right, like, who else is here? We know what I can do. We know what I bring. But what if I go out? What if I go down? I have a lot more confidence in Jacques Vaughn. I have a lot more confidence in this team, this roster. And Kyrie is here. Kyrie has been going crazy. Go. Go, Kyrie. You've been the only guy before. Go. Like, lead the team in scoring. Go for 40 every night. Uh, Royce, you got to hit your shots. TJ Warren, you got to score. Utah, you got to hit your shots. I don't know, Ben Simmons. Got to step up. I don't even know what to say about Ben, but he knows he's got to step up. Nick Claxton's been playing better this year. So uh, what I'll say about it before we move to, like, some of the um, stuff we have in the notes was that the team went on an 11-game losing streak last year, and it sucked, man. Um, And it was just like we couldn't get out of it. And when you're without a star player, that is the time for a head coach to shine. What do you do with less? What do you do without the luxury of Kevin Durant? How do you strategize game plan and mentally get these guys ready, fire your team up to go out there and compete and win against better teams? Now, um, let's see. Uh, Alex, if we go to the notes, there is a tweet that I screenshot from uh, Tim Reynolds about the time that uh, KD could miss. So how many games could Kevin Durant miss? If it's two weeks, six games. If it's three weeks, nine games. If it's four weeks, 12 games. If it's until the All-Star break, 18 games. I don't think it's going to be double-digit games, folks. I I just don't. This is a little different. uh, But what I'll say is I don't mind it because KD is up there in minutes. And this is an 82-game season. This is going to be – we're right in the middle. This is a a good little break time for a guy like KD. I mean, yes, he's hurt, but it's going to be a good little rest period before we get to the All-Star break, which is also a little rest period. So flash the screenshot of the six games that I expect KD to miss. Uh, They're going to go on this West Coast trip. Well, let's let's start with this week. I'll see you guys at the game Thursday. Long-awaited return. Um, since opening night, I haven't been back, and I'm going to change that. Thursday night, I'll be in there. Celtics versus Nets, nationally televised on TNT Thursday. And if we lose to the Celtics, so what? But if we beat the Celtics, Kyrie versus, versus former team, whatever, we'll see what the narratives are. Then you can't sleep on the Thunder. The Thunder are coming to town, and those young boys, depending on the night, they turn it on. They can surprise some people, have to be prepared for them, can't take them lightly. Then this West Coast trip starts where you go to uh, San Antonio. Should beat them without Katie. You go to face the Suns. Uh, I don't know if Book is back by then. If Book isn't back, should beat them. Even if Book is back, should beat them. The Jazz, another team that they can beat. And the uh, Warriors that Sunday night. I don't think that's the whole West Coast trip. I don't expect maybe if Katie travels, that's one thing team leader, face of the franchise but I don't expect him to play in any of these six games. I expect him to return when the team plays Philadelphia in Philly because um, that's not that's not really like a road game. It's, it's right down the turnpike, January 25th. And obviously the, you know, beef between uh, Embiid, not even beef, but, you know, the thumbs up, the rivalry from last year with Embiid, and then the Ben Simmons drama and James Harden. I think Kevin Durant is going to want to be on the floor in that environment. So January 5th is where where I have circled. 
Um, what do you guys think about this time off with KD? What do you think they'll go in these? I'm, I'm only giving it six games, honestly. Um, how do you expect the team to play and to figure this out without Kevin Durant, which I think is going to be a valuable experience for them? Well, you know, look, uh, the Nets are generally overly cautious, so I could see it extending from, like I said, two to four weeks on the the long end of it, four weeks. But let's say it's those six games. No reason they can't go three and three. And and one of the reasons for a, a big extended streak, like you got one of the benefits of winning 18 out of 20, is you have a little margin for error. I don't think this team's going to lose 11 games in a row. I just don't think that's going to happen. So the whole deja vu thing comes off as like crying to me. You know, last year's Nets team was soft. Let's not be soft. Let's not take the cues from that team. Let's take the cues from the team that last night came back from nine down in the fourth quarter and won the game without Kevin Durant. You know, and that's what you want to see. You want to see that sort of response. You want to see Jacques Vaughn, you know, his demeanor after the game. He was upbeat. You didn't see Jacques Vaughn crying in the post-game press conference after this happened. And when I saw it, you know, I, I never thought it was that big a deal when I saw the whole thing unfold. I mean, unfortunately for Katie, it's just kind of the way he's built that he's going to get people falling into his lower extremities. But the, you you said it before, the impact wasn't as hard. He also got up and tried to play, which, you know, wasn't the same as last year. He was able to get up and down the court a few times. So it looked to me like, all right, he tweaked it. He sprained it a little bit. Just got to rest it, make sure it's right. And then he'll get back out there. And then the, the opportunity that comes from that is anybody who wanted a chance to shine or needed more rhythm, like Ben Simmons, here's your chance to be more aggressive. Otherwise, you know, like he was about to get called out by a lot of people, probably already was. This could be a chance for him to put his head down and drive to the rim a little bit more because theoretically he should have the ball in his hands a little bit more. Maybe Cam Thomas gets dusted off and he gets a chance to show what he can do. TJ Warren hasn't played in a long time. He's going to get a, a lot more possessions to get his rhythm back. So th there's all those ancillary benefits that can come along with it. No one wants to see KD go down for one game, you know, much less a couple of weeks. But in the grand scheme of things, if you had said before the year, and, and we don't know what's going to happen beyond this, but if you had said before the year, this would be the KD injury, I think everybody would sign up for that. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, for me, the spotlight is on it's on two people. Jacques Vaughn, it's time to go be great, right? If if he, you know, he as as of right now, he's the front runner, the leading candidate to be the coach of the year. Prove it. Show why you deserve that. You know, I this is this is a coaching problem at this point. You know, when you have things happen to your team like this, it's up to you to scheme through it, right? And then number two is and I know we've talked about him, is is Ben Simmons. And there's a point to which, and I don't think we're there yet. I don't even think we're being close to there, where you look at the difference between when he was driving 15 times a game as the second star on a, on a Sixers team versus what he's doing, driving three times a game as I guess the third star in this Nets team. And you're going to have to see him make up some of that difference. And there we go. As uh, our guy SB threw up the stats uh, in the chat, there needs to be improvement made there, you know? And if he doesn't make that improvement, it's not that the Nets are going to struggle to win games. It's not that they're going to be bad, but they're not going to be as good as they can be. Ben Simmons has to be a value add to this team, and he is in so many ways. But now that we do not have Kevin Durant on the floor, he's going to get his own plays. He's going to get plays drawn up for him. He's going to be a player that Jacques Vaughn might have to rely on in certain circumstances. And I just hope it goes the positive direction rather than the negative direction where he is relied upon and it doesn't go too well. And, and, you know, Ben Simmons, uh, you saw a little preview of it, Hudson, last night. Eric Spolster is a proven coach. 
he showed you how teams are going to scheme against Ben Simmons in the playoffs because he just he had everybody that was supposed to be guarding Ben Simmons playing free safety. And that's what's going to happen if Ben isn't a threat. I, I think Ben's taken out his, uh, his rhythm a little bit, too, because he's been playing with Seth Curry a lot, who's been taking the ball up. And, and, and either they're, they're trying to get Seth back in a rhythm or possibly showcase him. But, I, I mean, I think everybody knows this is the, the time for Ben Simmons to get out of that funk. And, and absolutely that's what's going to happen come the playoffs if he doesn't show that willingness to be aggressive. His teams just aren't going to guard him, and that's going to be more attention sent KD and Kyrie's way. Don't look now, but here comes Joe Harris, Joey Buckets, coming back with 25 points a game and five or six made threes. He's averaging like 13 points more per game when Lee he jokes, starts. I wish. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Someone has to rise. Someone has to rise, and they will. I'll add this. Alex, cue up the uh, the Fred uh, clip from Old Man in the Three. Um, Glue guys put this out there. They said by the time K- KD came back, the Nets went from 27 and 15 to 32 and 31, eighth in the East. I wouldn't bet a dollar that that happens. I guarantee you that that doesn't happen. Um, and then also, they said Harden, you know, Harden was traded. Harden forced to trade. I saw Jay from BK. He probably got here late. I already mentioned it. But um, Jay from BK said last year's team had a guy quit during the 11-game losing streak. Like, Harden didn't want to be the guy, right? When he first got here, he wanted to be the guy. He was getting MVP considerations. He was making Reggie Perry look good. (laughs) Then fast forward to the second year, KD gets hurt. Kyrie is getting special treatment or whatever because of the vaccine. James is like, this is not what I came here for. I didn't didn't come here to carry this team. So it's interesting when you talk about last year. This is not last year. A lot has changed. And I put in, in the notes, you know, what's different this year? The roster, the head coach, the vibes, the energy around the team. Let's play what uh, Fred Van Vliet had to say on Old Man in the Three podcast about these Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so we played them early and we played them um, recently. The game has changed completely to where it's not the juggernaut, where it's like just come up, Brown's going to ISO you to death, uh, Kyrie's going to ISO you to death, uh, whatever, like, that great teams in the league are playing great fucking team basketball. And that's the biggest difference that I've seen, especially this year. Cause we played Brooklyn when they looked like they didn't want to be there and they hated each other. And Steve was there and you could tell it was, you know, messed up. And then we played them recently where it was just like, they're on a rhythm and they're on a, a clock and everybody's bought in and everything's flowing the right way. I think those are the, the best teams that are bought in completely to everything they got going on. I like the word friction. There yeah. was friction. In a lot of friction. There, <laughs> there was, was a lot friction. of friction and dysfunction. And um, <laughs> you used to just throw a mask on it and win a couple games and, you know, have some superstars that could bail you out. But with the way the game is going, I think you got to be playing great team basketball to make it through the regular season. Now, with that being said, man, I mean, that's what the Nets are doing this year. They're playing team basketball. They're passing the ball. They're trusting each other. They're bought in on defense, and now they got to buy in to their roles and their assignments and what they're supposed to do more than they were when KD could just get to the paint, rise up, and hit his mid-range shot, get you a bucket. Like, they really got to lock in. There can't be any type of, like, oh, uh, you know, missing shots. Royce going 0 for 8. I hate to use him as an example, but um, there can't be miscommunications where guys are getting cooked on defense. There can't be hero ball where it's just Kyrie ISO and hope Kyrie can save the day. They have to play team basketball, and I think they are, and I think 
that they will. Now, going back to KD, it's unfortunate. Um, he was climbing the all-time scoring list. Alex, if you could put up the screenshot of the all-time scoring list, I highlighted Kevin Durant. And if you go and look at the number of games, right, imagine where Kevin Durant would be if he didn't get hurt every year, every other year. Like, he's missed a ton of time, but his numbers are still way up there when you're looking at scoring. I I've had conversations on WFAN about Kevin Durant, when it's all said and done, will be in the GOAT conversation. If he wins one ring in Brooklyn, he's definitely in the GOAT conversation. But I'm talking about this this guy's full body of work when it's all said and done, and I don't think he's done yet. Like, he's going to be up there in scoring, impact. We've never seen a seven-foot player like this do what he's done. He's having a ridiculous year shooting the ball. He's having, like, a, an all-time year as far as, like, turnaround jumpers and mid-range shots. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. I said we pray for health. He's not out for the season. I think he's honestly going to ice up for two weeks, not take this West Coast road trip. Maybe he takes it. But, like, it could be a blessing in disguise. It could be the, like, rest that he needs to push through the rest of the way. What do you guys think about that, uh, the scoring list, and what um, what Fred had to say on Reddick's pod? Well, you know, Le LeBron is going to wind up putting that scoring. He's going to break Kareem's record next month, and he's just going to keep on going with it. What he's doing at 38 years old. We never see, but KD is one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, and yeah, as far as where he ranks on the list, time missed has, has has hurt that. But that's a player the Nets are getting back is one of the greatest players of all time in, in Kevin Durant. And and it does feel like a different team. It does feel like a different spirit. It does feel like different leadership. It does feel like different shared purpose, right? We, we've I don't know how many times we've said on this show, real teams still play well when guys go down because they have a, a scheme. They have, you know, a, an identity that they follow, and they they play together. They share the ball. They play hard, and, and they they know what they're doing. They're also talented beyond one player, and and I think that's the case here. I hope KD's back for the All Star game. Actually, I know people will say rest him through the All Star game. I want to see him play in the All Star game. I want to see KD and Kyrie play together in the All Star game. Um, but as far as this team goes, look, KD's a big reason for this, a huge reason for this. But currently. The Brooklyn Nets have the best effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage in the history of the NBA. So they are shooting the ball very well. Kyrie shooting the ball very well. And then all those guys that sometimes we complain about, but they can all hit shots. Royce O'Neal can hit shots from the outside. Yuta's sh shot the ball really well from the outside. Seth can hit shots from the outside. Joe Harris can hit shots from the outside. TJ Warren can hit shots from the outside. They got other guys who can piece it together for a period of time. So I, I think the fact that this, this is an improved roster, I think the fact that they've got a different coach um, who ha, has done it, he was as likable as any human being on earth. I, I'm, I'm just not concerned. I'm just not concerned about this KD injury unless he were to come back and re-aggravate it. Then I get really concerned. You know, you need Kevin Durant in the lineup. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. But any real championship team, look at the Warriors right now. Seth, Seth, uh, Steph Curry's been out. You know, and we, we thought he, he was the only reason they could ever win games. They've been able to fight through and win some games. The, the Lakers are winning without Anthony Davis behind Le LeBron James. So, you know, the, the Bucks have won without Chris Middleton for a long stretch of time. you, you got to be able to do that. Kevin Durant's the number one guy on this team. But if this is the number one team when it's all said and done, they, they can go without relying on one player for, for less than a month. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as I came into this podcast with the mindset that we're going to have to talk some people off some ledges. And certainly on Twitter, there were lots of people, you know, staring down into the abyss, getting ready to take a hop. 
But as we talk about this, you know, again, it's not that this isn't the kind of thing that I would call a net positive or a good thing at all, but it is going to be important in the long run that players outside of Kevin Durant have the confidence that they can play without him and create their own shots and create their own offense without him. You know, great players make an average player good. I mean, if you take a look at uh, Aaron Gordon after joining the Nuggets, you know, that's a, a was a good player number one option in Orlando. He became a great, he's now a great player. He's having his career best season there because he's got Jokic making him great. Kevin Durant makes a lot of people on the nets good. It makes a lot of shots open, but now we're going to have to operate without that adversity. And, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And right now the nets haven't had it easy, but they've had it easier than it will be over this next stretch. So I'm excited to see what they do. Sorry, real Robin, quick, you got a thought? Yeah, no, off what you're saying, it's also time for Kyrie. You know, he can, he can get back. Uh, some of the, you know, he can pay back some of the, the time owed, right, for Kyrie here because he, he's missed a lot of time over the last several years. And when Kyrie was out, you know, I, I think everybody puts Katie over the uh, over Kyrie in the hierarchy, obviously. But when Kyrie's at his best, he's as good as anyone. And when KD was playing by himself, the Nets won plenty of games. So this is a chance for, for Kyrie to go out there for a short period of time, do his thing, and, and, and carry the load. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Kyrie. Uh, he's been killing it with his son in the post games. I, I love the look of just bringing your kid up there because for everybody that wants to villainize him, it just adds like a layer of like you can't, like come on, like this guy's a father. He has been, um, you know, limiting the distractions, focusing on basketball, whatever you want to call it, and it's been good to see. Now, Joe Sy was courtside last night down in Miami. And for as many people want to put these two together or put these two against each other, they're together in this. The owner of the team and one of the best players on the team, they're together in their mission to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, the finals, bring a championship back to Brooklyn. Alex, if you could throw that up. Um, I mean, this is what your owner should look like courtside at the game. Like, should <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to edit that one out in post. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, sorry, folks, but that was the sounds from the arena, and I just quickly grabbed the video of Josai, you know, clapping his hands, being into the game. Now, there's so many owners that you never see, there's so many owners that don't want to be seen. Um, and as much as people like to say they haven't heard from Josai, uh, I think he is very hands on, and now is a time for Kyrie, right? No matter what happened in the past, Kyrie, the spotlight is on you, lead the team. Give us some good games and uh, keep doing what you're doing in the post game. Now, um, going back in time a little bit more as we're speaking about playoffs and hoping that this year ends in an Eastern Conference finals. Uh, finals. Um, another player was out there talking about the Nets in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was on Woj's pod. And uh, it's funny because um, <laughs> the PTSD that Nets fans have from the Bucks series in 2021 and, you know, even today, uh, Hudson and I were talking about KD and his shoes. I'm like, this guy's shoes, like, his foot is on the line. I've seen his shoe come off multiple times. I saw them call a timeout because his shoe was off a couple weeks ago. There, his shoe came off last night. He had on the uh, Oregon version of his new kicks, the 15s. And, yeah, the KD saga will always be remembered uh, in this series of, you know, how great he played. But ultimately, he had a shoe size too big, and the Bucks end up winning that series, and they use that as momentum 
to go on and win the finals. Let's play what Drew Holiday had to say about it to Woj. That Brooklyn series, the finals were incredible, and you guys came back from 2-0 both series. But that Brooklyn series and what Durant was doing, have you ever quite been tested like you were tested? It took years off my life. It was every time I feel like we step into Barclays, it's like PTSD, at least for me personally. Every time I step in, I get like this exciting feeling, but at the same time, like a little bit of nervousness, which like I'm not the type to get nervous playing basketball. Like I've done it my whole life, but that series took so much out of me personally. And the way that KD was just willing his team and putting them on his back, like it doesn't give me nightmares because we won, but I still see it all the time. Like, man, that was, to me, that was one of the greatest like series for one that I've ever been a part of, but like to go down, go to game seven, people are hitting big shots. Kyrie goes down. James comes back. Like everything about it to me was like, this is like a movie, you know? And it was, it was, it took a physical and emotional toll. And I, and honestly, I, I truly feel like this helped us in the finals being down to a, of course it did. Of course it did. Because if the best player in the world can't beat you and you went down 2-0, man, I'll never forget that series. Because I went to some of the games and I was in Wisconsin and Milwaukee for the start of the series and thought we had it. And, yeah, after they beat the Nets, the Nets would have won the championship that year because that propelled them on and they used that in the finals and all of that, whatever. It's respect on the Nets. It's respect on the Barclays Center, right? We have players – uh, in the league, talking about coming into Barclays Center and feeling some kind of way. This Nets world has been built. And uh, Sade, I saw you asking if we were taking voicemails. We are. I have one. We're getting there as we get closer to the end uh, of the show. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think about Drew Holiday saying that took years off his life? That gave him PTSD. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's us as fans. That might be the best game I've ever been to still. I mean, I, the, the outcome wasn't Ridiculous what you wanted. Ridiculous game. Sucked at the end. I got out of there so fast. <laughs> Drew Holiday won. I gained a lot of respect for Drew Holiday during that run and then really afterwards uh, with Team USA. Because if you recall, um, Team USA started playing without some of the guys from the finals, and then they came over. And when he came over, he changed the dynamics of that team, the way he played on both ends of the floor, just competes on both ends of the floor. And Katie was the, the best player on that team, along with uh, Jason Tatum and Drew Holiday. I think those were their top three most important players. As far as Durant goes, that series gave me more respect for him than anything else he's done in his entire career. You know, he, he was great in Oklahoma City. We all know that. He went to the Warriors. He won the championships. No one's saying otherwise, but not all rings are created equal, right? Like the, the ring LeBron won in 2016 counts more for us. The ring Dirk won in 2011 counts more. And, you know, in just the way we, we think of the gravity, maybe even the rings. KD went to the Warriors. I'm thinking to myself, well, of course they're going to win. That doesn't mean he wasn't brilliant. He was the, the reason I knew they were going to win is because he's brilliant. But what he did in that net series um, was the most impressive thing I've seen from him in his entire career. He was unbelievable, obviously an inch away from beating the champs essentially by himself. So uh, that uh, gave me a whole nother level of respect. And, and I think we actually have an update um, from Woj. I, I saw Myra 
in the chat uh, say yeah. that. Alex, if you want to throw that tweet up. Um, so what we just came out from an article that KD is expected to be sidelined for a month, which I actually think we just lost Keith for a second. So that's this is good to vamp. But that's obviously a little more than what we were talking about. But it was within the realm of possibilities. I think that's the Nets being cautious with him and being confident in the fact that they have a team that can handle him out being, being him being out for a month. I mean, I'll add to this as we wrap up and I've got the one voicemail queued up. Sorry about that. I ended up, uh, you know, stepping out for a second because I went to reach for this and it unplugged something. But uh, is this going to be another year that KD doesn't play in the All-Star game? I know the All-Star game is the 19th. So technically, if it's a month, he comes back. But I don't want to believe it's going to take a month. I want to believe that he can ice up and rehab for two weeks and come back. But whatever, all of these games are played to try and, you know, throw teams off or people off or whatever. We'll see how we actually progressive. But there but there it is, folks, like a month. I say two weeks. I, I honestly am putting two weeks on it. I feel like he's going to be itching to get back, and depending on what happens to the Nets, like if it is deja vu and they start losing again, he's not going to want to see um, the ship sink. They just came off of a winning streak and or gaining ground on a lot of teams. It's it's part of it. It's adversity. It's, it's part of the uh, whole story. Let's play. Uh, this first voicemail right now. I got to turn it up. Well, great win by the Heat yesterday. Royce on there with another game. Renner, man, clutch, clutch. Yo, Royce has been really good. You know, I know he had that rough game against Chicago the other day, man, but Royce is very, very, really good for this team, man. Uh, KD injury, Kyrie had went off. Uh, but KD injury, it is unfortunate, but the train does not just case KD is not playing. We have to go ahead and show ourselves out, man, while he's out. Uh, hope you run the good lineups. My lineup would be Kai, Harris, Royce O'Neal, Ben, and Clack. Ben Simmons, it is time to put the big boy pants on, bro. Everybody been worried about you. Everybody has been go ahead and giving you a lot of criticism, man. It's time to prove you worth right now, man. While KD is out, you ain't gotta have you don't have to hide you don't have to hide behind him a whole bunch of times off of those little screens that you'd like to set for him. So right now, all you gotta do is attack, attack, attack. Please show your worth. This is the time right now, man. Let's go next. Let's go next, Brooklyn. I mean, agreed. Um, what I'll say is, you know, I, I I already mentioned Joe Harris stepping up, and he probably will get the start as a veteran and a player making that kind of money. Uh, Speaking of players making that kind of money, you know, not for nothing, yo, Ben Simmons is a max contract, former all-star, number one overall pick, rookie of the year. Like, let's see it, bro. It's it's, uh, adversity, and through adversity comes tests. It's test time for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, you guys didn't lose for a month, had a nice little winning streak, gained ground. Okay, everything's looking sweet under Jacques Vaughn. Now adversity hits. You lose your best player and the best player in the world, and let's see what you do to respond. That's all I've got. Thanks for the voicemail, and uh, we'll send it around the horn for final comments. Don't cry, Nets fans. Let's set the the tone for the team. It's not the end of the world. Kevin Durant's going to be back. It's not going to be a lingering injury. The season is still on course. Let's let the, the team show us that this is not the same Nets team from the past couple of years. I mean, I don't know if y'all are watching uh, the new season of Last Chance U Basketball. Uh, it's a phenomenal show. But um, in that show, uh, the head coach, uh, Coach Mosley, says that uh, 
you know, bad times make good times. So we got a chance now to uh, get our strength up during the bad times. And then when the playoffs come around, when everybody's healthy, that'll be our good time. Sounds like a plan. That's all we've got. Talking Nets, episode 184. Um, I have to ask for something that I don't ever really ask for anymore. And it's funny because I just thought of it as Hudson gave you guys like a what to watch. Like very early in the podcast, we had like a segment where we would end with like what's on or what to watch. And it would be something to kind of like sprinkle in, um, you know, something personal that wasn't uh, basketball related. I don't have one, but it just made me think back to like how we used to sign off. Um, I actually do have one. Uh, Deion Sanders, uh, the Jackson State University documentary on Amazon Prime. I'm only two episodes in, but pretty good. So watch that if you'd like. But we used to sign off asking for you guys to uh, leave reviews. If you have Apple and you listen to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We had over 100, well over 100, I believe, on the old Talking Nets feed. We have zero on the new Talking Nets feed. So if you have the time uh, and you can write a review for Talking Nets, it will help us in the Apple Podcast search engine and just make us look good. So if you we'll, listen, we'll to read your pod, review on the next episode too. If we you... can also, we used to do that. We can also read your review on the next episode if you're not a voicemail type and you want to just write something. So um, that's all we got for this pod. Write us a review, rate it five stars. So subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, and uh, follow us online and we'll be back in a couple more games I, I think this week i mean and i like that this week there's you know four days from the time kd got hurt like what if he what if he rehabs in these next four days and thursday comes i know he's not gonna play but what if he's like hey i don't know if i need a month like i'll see you after this west coast trip maybe that can happen maybe they beat the celtics i'm looking forward to being back in brooklyn at bc i'll see you guys there that's all we've got let's go nets let's go nets Brooklyn!